Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So I know, like, insurance is a real pain. And for many people, the concept of risk management is very foreign in the early days of personal finance. And... It's uh, pretty understandable, but you know what is worse? The endless amount of advice that carries extremely heavy sales bias, trying to get our eyeballs and sometimes uh, stroke the inner insecurity of ours. Uh, it's a very challenging space to really understand and uh, see things from varied perspectives. But I think insurance serves a great function in a grand scheme of capitalism. We have actually found people that have found a way to profit from taking on risks that we don't want to have. So think about it. It is a great tool. But like all tools, if we don't know what we are doing, then voila, it becomes a problem and maybe even hurts us. So today I'm going to share with you why I just bought my term insurance and why I believe in the buy term invest the rest idea. Welcome home. So good morning everyone, I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut In our podcast, we're debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices And discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life, you get it Ultimately empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well And today, I'm going to finally take my stand in this endless buy term, invest the rest or life insurance debate I'm going to stand on buy term, invest the rest So if you're not new to the personal finance space, um, I'm sure you've read tons of articles and you've seen on all these forums and talk about, you know, should I buy them, invest the rest or should I, you know, buy life insurance, right? So, and then there's an endless amount of debate. Everybody has some valid points, if you ask me. And... I think they all have a certain perspective so that there's no absolute right or wrong. It is really about recognizing which tool fits you. But in contextualizing into today's world, right? And we have our own context today. Of course, um, 50 years ago, there'll be a different game. And maybe 10 years down, if this podcast still lives somewhere in this universe and some young chap picks up and listen, then they may have a different perspective, right? So to begin, right, to set the tone and to set this premise, to give it some context and for the listeners that will tune in maybe a few years down the road. I'm going to give you um, a general idea as to what is going on in today's world, right? There is a surge of access in investment tools, uh, possibly due to the proliferation of technology and local regulators becoming uh, increasingly open to these ideas, right? Things like digital banking, tokenization, financial marketplaces, and database API. Database API is a big thing. If you, It doesn't look like it's a big thing, but honestly, if not for SingPass and the whole you know, proliferation of these databases, it'll be very hard for a lot of these apps to create a seamless um, experience for a lot of us, right? So database API has changed the way even finance works, right? So all these new tech tools and financial tools, and um, we have taken the step to embrace and regulate rather than clamping down on these tools. Uh, which honestly, I agree and applaud. I stand uh, with innovation. That of course gives rise to a whole host of uh, other challenges for us because uh, every time there's a change, there is some uh, difference lah, uh, than 
we all have to grapple with the new reality and retail investors and consumers like us um, have so many places to go, right? To put it crudely, what to buy? What should I do, right? And on this podcast, we've spent a lot of time talking about stocks, ETFs, and in this year ahead, in 2021, we will be expanding the pool to look into things like properties, crypto, structured financial tools, bonds, etc., etc., to help everybody and help myself understand better because... Um, for like a better way to put it, I don't know how to invest in these other things and I didn't start um, with investing in these other tools, right? So uh, we'll bring on all these guests to potentially help us all make better decisions as we move forward to craft our financial plan, right? And also in this current moment, my context, right? So that is the general idea of the market today with all these proliferation of tools and all these technology, a much wider array of, you know, financial products out there today for the retail investor like myself, right? Then what about my context, right? And in this current moment, I'm uh, 28, self-employed. I make about 3000 a month, right? Um, spend less than 50% of my income. Um, no near intention of settling down. Um, do not own any mortgage or big ticket loans, um, decent understanding of investments and a uh, free-spirited uh, person, right? Uh, you can say that my spirit animal is the otter. <laughs> so just doing my thing in the grand scheme of things in Bishan Park, right? Don't mess around with the otters, huh? Because they get really ferocious, right? But yeah, if you look at them from afar, they are quite cute, lah, right? So that's that's my spirit animal and that's, that's me, lah. <laughs> Given the context that I've established here is why I choose to buy term and invest the rest. And not surprisingly, my very first reason is I can invest. I'm pretty good at it, okay? And uh, I'm not like amazing, like crazy, you know, but I understand things, right? I can have a very good discussion with um, the quote-unquote professionals. Uh, maybe not the quorn guys that are trying to, you know, do all the technical and fundamental and they build all these complex models together, you know, but most of your people that do retail products, most of your guys that are doing fundamental investing, um, I should be able to have a good discussion with them, right? So I can hold my thought. I have a fair understanding and you can too, right? It is not uh, impossible because uh, let me put it to you this way, okay? When I say I'm good at it or if I say someone is good at investing, I don't come from the angle that they are always profiting, huh? Okay, okay. I get it, I get it. Huh? If you lose money, you still consider good. Ah? Right? The, the idea here is, you know, someone that is good at investing understands what is going on, right? They understand their tool. They have an objectively rigorous investment thesis and are able to kind of ride the ups and the downs, allocate their capital well. And it's not a one-hit wonder or for the matter, a few-hit wonder, right? You want to consistently perform and consistently do it every year and you can consider yourself someone that is pretty good at investing, right? Right. So let me give you a little bit more contextual understanding, right? Uh, the market is it's uh, pretty exciting. Like, a lot of euphoria in the stock market. Okay? Even using the word euphoria just kind of um, shows that I'm taking a stand, right? But that is what a lot of people think, right? The market, the prices are so high, so crazy. Why you still buy, right? So quote-unquote flying into the crazy territory and... Uh, the reality is everybody have their own way of investing, right? They have their own strategies or trading or whatever, right? They have different ways of profiting in the market. So your reaction, you know, shouldn't really be about like, hey, what, well, this is right, uh, that is wrong, or no? You know, it's, it's, it's not about really taking a stance on a moral high ground to say what is right or wrong, but to understand how you do it, right? So in the case of how I do it, yes, I think uh, some of the places uh, have very high valuation. It doesn't fit my investment thesis, so I am taking a break. 
like from these areas, right? And it is not about like FOMO or FOGI, you know, like uh, FOGI means fear of joining in, F-O-J-I, uh, something I've created years ago. And uh, But you need a base understanding, right? So that you don't become like a cheerleader, you know, when you have winners and, you know, um, which is why I study why I win and why I lose, right? In both ways, I want to be able to get a better idea of what kind of mistakes am I making or am I, you know, just taking a ride with some of these companies that I've chose to invest because of the thesis that I've built, but then it's not to say you have to invest on your own, right? You don't need to do that, right? Because um, on top of so much information out there and so much access and much easier uh, basis to learn a lot of these things, uh, I think the world is in a place of a highly professionalized environment. There are a lot of professionals, right? The specialists, right? There are many people that spend day in, day out looking at investments. And I'm not saying like your sales specialist, I'm saying investment specialists, right? People spend their days thinking about how to shepherd capital and think about it, right? It is because of specialization that we have a world today. Imagine if you had to farm your own produce, make your own soap, do your own baking arrangement, find a partner in China that will exchange money with you to Taobao, you know, what a crazy world, right? So the reality is specialization is why we have our world today. And because there are so many specialists already, right, then we may not even need to learn to be a good investor. We just need to learn sufficient to find good investors, especially with technology that, that shrinks the distance between these specialists and us, right? Many years ago, maybe um, in the 80s, it was very difficult to get direct access, you know, to a lot of these uh, investment specialists because, you know, they hide behind brokers because it's just so much tougher technologically, right? But, Today, with the proliferation of technology, it's so easy, right? Everybody, all these apps, you know, with they're backed by very professional investors. So yeah, in today's world, you can easily employ um, some very affordable specialist arrangement like robos or just outright buy ETFs, right? So don't get me wrong, uh, there's still a learning curve, uh, understanding some basics of investing, which I think whether or not you actually you know, practice your own investment, you should learn some basics, right? So that you get a general idea of who to use. Uh, don't gong gong, just sign up with someone because um, they're very chill or very handsome or someone you trust growing up. You know, uh, we've talked about this extensively, but we've also talked about things like, you know, um, some concepts to level up your REITs game, right? In episode 54 or some things that, you know, uh, three basic pointers and uh, choosing your index ETF, episode 30, right? So I think uh, we'll continue to cover these stuff to help you uh, learn incrementally over time. And if there are some things that you really want us to talk about, you want us to rush to talk about it and uh, some guests you want us to talk about, do let us know. So what is important and what has changed today is this idea of access, right? Access to investment tools that people in the past does not have. Uh, and for reference sake, you know, uh, fixed deposit at one point in time was 12% uh, in the early 1980s. So don't think that uncle don't know. That uncle downstairs at the coffee shop uh, always scored the Jing Hu uh, um, and keep saying fixie is very good. Uh, but that was those times. They have not kept up. They are not kept up with time. right? So keep learning and um, form your own investment thesis. But the central idea why um, I think you can buy term and invest the rest because there is just so much more accessibility today. A lot of choices. And you don't even need to be a good investor. You just need to be good enough to look for a good investor. Which brings me to point number two, and that is I don't want my investments and insurance to be tied together. Okay? I will talk a little bit about this after a word from our sponsor. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So by now, I think you should have realized that life insurance is a pretty complex tool because it needs to cover so many things, right? From uh, your savings, the kind of cash value at the end, uh, insurance element, investment element. And no matter which blog you read, uh, which blog post or who you talk to, right? There's always a lot of like this, maybe that scenario, right? And um, it's, it is kind of trying to be that all in one thing that you buy and don't need to care about anything else, which is one of the pro um, ideas behind life insurance, which is, you know, you can just kind of buy this thing and handle a lot of these aspects of your life in one, right? But I am generally apprehensive of bundling things together, um, especially, you know, in finances, especially things that run counter interest together, right? Just because it is easier, you know, like some things can bundle, like three, one coffee, no problem, right? But when it comes to uh, personal finance and some of these uh, more complicated financial tools, I choose not to bundle them. And without going into the specificity of how some of these policies work, like how in the beginning, you know, there's uh, a lot of money going into investments and then after you hit 65, a lot of those money will get diverted to insurance and then there's this cash value kickback at a certain time, blah, 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 all those things, right? So look for your favorite financial planner to help you with that. Uh, I think that's a much better way because everybody carries a slightly different product. But the general idea, okay, I'm just here to give you the general idea. There are two components, right? Insurance and investments are bundled into this thing. General idea, yeah? So when I insure myself, okay, what I want to do, right? I want to pay a consistent amount to mitigate any potential fluctuations that may hit my life, right? So to put it in a layman's term, right? I want to pay money to someone to take away any random scenarios that I'm not interested to entertain so that I can continue to live the life I want, right? And that is kind of where it is. I want to pay and pay and let them take the fluctuation risks. I don't want to entertain this risk. Like whether is it hospitalization or whether is it things like critical illness, you know, none of those things. I don't really want to care. And that's why I'm willing to pay a fraction of, you know, what I have and mitigate this risk. But when I look at investments, right, that's a whole different ballgame. I want to capitalize. I want to double down on fluctuations. I want to be able to be opportunistic and I want my money to take on calculated, educated risk for me in the grand scheme of capitalism, right? Because in essence, I want to ride the wave so that, you know, my net worth will continue to grow and grow and grow and give me more in the end, right? To put it very, very simple, I want risk. I want good risk and I want to make moolah. Right? If not, why invest? Right? So, okay, like maybe I can beat inflation, whatever. But but the idea is on one end, on insurance, I don't want fluctuations. I want the risk to be mitigated. On my investments, I want to take on calculated risk and I don't mind fluctuations. I want to be able to, you know, ride the waves. Right? So, when you start to see that these two major aspects of your personal finance, insurance and investments, they're actually very different things. And why do you want to bundle them up together? It's like you put coffee and coke together 
it's a bit weird, right? So I don't want my investments to affect my insurance, neither do I want my insurance to affect my investments. They run a very different trajectory and I don't want them to have any kind of influence against each other you know, as I grow old in my life. But of course, that is not to say that life insurance does not have any use, right? Depending on your goals, depending on what you're trying to achieve, uh, most importantly is to understand what you want. You know, what is available out there, it's vast. The whole world of all sorts of financial tools. If you have a certain budget, someone is willing to come up and create a tool for you. And sometimes it's a struggle uh, to match them. So find someone that you can trust as professional and that you can work that through together. Right, and you can actually take on loans against your life insurance. You can have cash value at the end of a certain time period, etc., etc. There, there are many um, other perks, you know, that comes with life insurance. But all these features, right, are not what I'm interested. It's like I'm going to the fruit store to buy apple, and the guy is trying to sell me durian, and and you want to look at the seller in the eyes and say, "Give me that apple." Wow, durian, no interest. I don't care if it's in season. Right? So, there's a lot more to be said here. So, if you have not heard our interview with Chris from Provident, episode 2 of Chills with TFC, which was last Thursday, um, head over because I think he's the pro, right? I'm a commentator, an edutainment person, right? So, he has a lot more to share and I'm sure you're going to pick up a lot of good stuff from him. Which brings me to point number three, right? I am relatively certain about my medium term of life, like five to ten years, right? So there is two parts to this, right? Why I only got insurance now and where I see myself in the medium term, right? I think the fundamentals of insurance, like I said, is risk management. Essentially, paying someone to remove all these random things that you don't want to have and they will offer you a price and you think whether the price is fair, Right. Ultimately, it is um, they are trying to profit and you are trying to mitigate risk, right? So as long as interest is aligned, yeah, we're good to go, right? So when you first start making money, you probably get bombarded by a lot of these financial planning stuff like insurance, retirement, investment, blah, 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 whatever, right? But why do I only look at insurance now? Because when I first started, I don't know what I want, right? I was just exploring my life. You know, I was getting like getting myself all over the place, right? I was just trying to like figure out my life. So if I've not settled down my life, I've not, you know, kind of cemented a career path, you know, or a certain way of life that I love and I want to preserve, then what, what about risk management? If I don't even know the thing that I want to manage against, then what, what kind of risk are we talking about? Right? So I know there are like all these medical risks and all those blah, 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 right? They're not wrong, not wrong. But in my view, right, the biggest risk in your life is you if you have not get gotten some clarity as to where you want to go. Lah, right? Once you have some clarity, then okay, risk management starts to make sense because I want to preserve this way of life for the next 5 to 10 years and I'm willing to pay an amount every year to preserve this uh, quote-unquote normality in my life. And that is why I am even considering insurance now. And I've got very simple stuff like critical insurance, like hospitalization, you know, essentially all your term. Lah. And like I said, why do I buy term and not life? I think I've established some two reasons above. But more importantly, I think when I look at it, you know, one of my top reasons, you know, is that I don't want to overcommit to something, right? Life insurance tends to have that very big penalty if I were to cancel it, you know, or if I feel like I want things to take a different path, you know, go down a different way, then, you know, some of these things... Uh, 
makes it a bit more complicated. Every time someone wants to cancel life insurance, uh, the penalty is there. And I get it from a, from the company's point of view, I get it. Uh, but from an individual point of view, if I have not sorted out the life that I want, then why do I want to commit to something that will give me such a big penalty, right? And so to end off today, right, uh, I think there are a lot of complexity in insurance products. Um, but I will not go into the details because everybody is slightly different. Right? But the general idea is this. Right? I want you to be able to see that your life forms the basis of insurance, right? Because if you don't have a life that you love, then what are you trying to protect against? What are you trying to manage risk against? Right? So on a cheeky side note, right, um, it is probably easier to add insurance than remove. <laughs> so once you've sorted your life, then you can add a little bit and you can add a little bit more, right? Don't, don't think about add enough and then remove, right? And don't try not to see insurance as a jackpot game. Like, I insure a million dollars, so if any shit happens, right, I get a million dollars. It's like, do, 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 do. Don't think like that, right? Just go and be more financially savvy, work on your capital, work on your, you know, your life and you can make the million dollars. Don't need to wait till shit happen then you leave a million dollars behind, Okay. And so to sum up today as to why I only just bought term insurance now and why I believe in the buy term invest the rest strategy. And number one is because I can invest. I'm pretty good at it. And you can too because uh, tools are very available today. Yeah, if you want to learn, it's not that difficult. Uh, there are a lot of resources out there like us, like many other people. And you know, if you don't want to learn, you can even just learn a little bit and pick a specialist that it's sufficiently good, right? The access to a lot of these investment tools are so prevalent and you know so much more advanced than many, many years ago. And number two is, I don't want my investments and insurance to be tied together. They form very big parts of personal finance and they serve a very different function, right? So I don't want my investments on any level to affect my insurance and I don't want my insurance on any level to affect my investments. And number three is... I am relatively, you know, certain about my medium term of life, right? So that is why I'm going to get term insurance now. And that's also why I don't want to commit into something that is like for life or forever where the penalty, if I were to change, is going to be very, very high, right? And honestly, I think uh, the Singapore government has done a decently good job in trying to create a social safety net. Of course, uh, there are a lot of social problems in terms of, you know, the gay economy and all those. And those things we'll cover as we go along. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, if you choose to live in Singapore and you choose to subscribe to the whole CPF strategy, then actually it's also, it's, it's not too bad, honestly, in my view. All right, so I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with Financial Coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our socials and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description below. If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast to your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have some interesting thoughts you want to share or know someone that you want us to talk to, right? you want to hear more from, Reach out to us through hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week. And always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear, sustainable for all. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Test, test. Okay, so I hope you learned something useful. Um, it's very conceptual. I know we're not like, because I'm not a like insurance product pro, I don't really want to go into like product details. And uh, maybe next time we can bring some of these uh, companies that, you know, craft all these tools to come on and actually talk about why they craft it in a certain way and whatnot, right? So we hear from the pro. I think that would be way more fun, right? But uh, these are fundamental ideas. I hope it benefits you when you decide, you know, how you want to manage your insurance and your investments going forward, right? And this Thursday, right? This Thursday, I have a great friend of mine coming on the show. Actually, this episode that I've recorded has been in the backlog for a really, really, really long time. Yes, we record in bulk, if you have not realised. Um, but I have not found an opportunity to slot him in, right? And I think um, in the I, in the theme of, you know, starting well and in the theme of like World Economic Forum and sustainable living, I think it is a good time to slot him in. So Chris, a very good friend of mine, um, the ex-general manager of Edible Garden City, a very, very big believer of sustainable living, um, the way he handles his money, the way he looks at life and the way he looks at uh, how to invest with alignment to his ideology. I think uh, those are pretty interesting and we had a very good discussion um, very long ago and I'm just happy to be able to release his episode to all of you, right? So I hope you have fun this Thursday, which is in two days' time. And next week, next week we're going to try something different, right? You don't want to hear from me every week or maybe you want to, right? If you want to, let me know. But next week we're going to try something different, right? Every uh, last... Tuesday of the month, we're going to go with a book review, like a TFC book review, because I think we are trying very hard to propagate people to learn more and read more, you know, and we want to share with you guys some book reviews. And Troy, uh, my co-host on Coconut Avenue, which is a property podcast that we'll be releasing next month, will be um, hosting this book review segment where he will come on on the monologue arrangement and talk about you know, different, different books. And the book for this Thursday is Designing Your Life, you know. And it's a pretty interesting book created by uh, one of the universities that's very popular. So yeah, if you're a fan of the book, come on on and have a good discussion. If you are new to this thing, then uh, why not, right? Learn some things. We'll pick up three points that we believe um, are great from the book, right? And we hope you learn a different perspective and hear from uh, different people, right? So... Welcome. As we continue to develop our content, we are going to be trying a lot of new formats. So help us. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't. And uh, we can continue to craft this channel together and craft this podcast network together. Meanwhile, take care. See ya next week. <laughs>